But anyway, <laughs> so Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, we've been going through this book for the last few months. Um, next week, Josh is going to actually close out this series, and then uh, we're going to shift into a, a Christmas season series. But uh, this is, um, I intended to actually preach on this passage last week, and because I couldn't fit it all in, um, we're, we're going to dive into it this week. And we're in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to start at verse And what I'm going to talk about this morning is something that's a little bit difficult. Uh, We're talking about the discipline of God, uh, specifically the discipline of God as our Father. And it's difficult for a couple of reasons. First of all, nobody likes to be disciplined. Listen, I know some of you think that you like to be disciplined, uh, but that, that is probably the case until it actually happens, and then, and then the rebellion rises up inside of you, right? No one likes to be disciplined. In fact, um, if you're mature, you might recognize that you need discipline, and you might receive it well, but enjoying it is probably something a little bit different. And... Um, Many of you probably also have an unhealthy picture of what fatherly discipline is like. Maybe you grew up in a home uh, where your familial father was harsh or abusive. Uh, Maybe he was absent in your childhood. And so when you're referencing the discipline of God, you try to reconcile that with the picture of your earthly father. And that's incredibly challenging uh, because you don't have a good picture of what that's supposed to look like. Um, the number one question that I get from people outside the church, if God is so loving, then why do bad things happen to good people? I've heard that question a thousand times um, as a pastor. And we're going to talk about that today. <coughs> now, um, before you freak out, I don't believe that every hardship in our lives is a direct result of God punishing us, okay? Uh, so if, if you believe that, that, that's probably not an accurate picture Of who God is. Um, But we do believe that God disciplines us for our good. That that's talked about in scripture and that we're going to read about that today and that he does it because he loves us. And if we understand that, it kind of changes our perspective. We're not into spiritual masochism. I don't believe that you should come to church to feel beat up, right? But if we understand God's discipline in the correct way, It should encourage us. It should give us hope. It should give us an understanding of God's love for us. And that's really what this particular passage of Scripture talks about. So we're going to read through the whole passage, and then we're going to kind of come back to it and go over it verse by verse. But let's start in Hebrews chapter 12, (coughs) verse 3, and we're going to read through 15. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are without discipline 
in which you have all participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Should we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. So three things I want us to notice about the discipline of God. Um, First of all, God's discipline is training for endurance. It's training for endurance. Now, we talk about this a lot with the book of Hebrews, that it was kind of written to be read like a sermon. Like the whole thing is kind of a, a sermon that um, someone is preaching. And um, we just read in the first two verses in this chapter about running the race with endurance. So this discipline is connected to that idea. It's the idea of discipline as an athlete, as somebody that's training to run a race. And so it's not just about correction or punishment, right? Discipline can also be related to, to this idea of training. And um, has, it, has anybody in here worked with a personal trainer before at a gym? Anybody done that before? You're like, oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Don't want to admit it, maybe, if you did. Um, <laughs> actually, studies clearly show that working with a trainer is far more effective <coughs> than going to the gym and training by yourself. Why is that? Well, because in order for a workout to be truly effective, you have to be able to push yourself. And very few of us have the ability to do that on our own. Right? We have a limited capacity for willpower. Some of us, maybe it's a little bit higher than others, right? but it's ultimately, um, it's always beneficial to have a partner, to have somebody to train with. Uh, this summer, I ran with a couple guys, um, Juan and uh, Mark Lee, and, and once a week, we would meet up on Wednesday mornings, uh, early in the morning, and we would run a couple miles and then head home. And so we met at 6.30 a.m., and uh, we met about two and a half miles from my house, so I had to run to our meeting location and then run with the guys and then run home. And uh, I had to leave at 6.10 to make it on time. Now, I, I'm a pretty early riser, and I like to get up in the morning, um, but normally I'm not out the door and running by 6.10 a.m. That's just not part of my normal schedule. But it wasn't that... Um, training with these guys that they were like yelling at me and screaming at me, run faster, you know, like, come on, Paul, pick up the pace. No, it, it was the accountability of knowing that if I didn't make it there by 6.30 a.m., that they were going to be sitting there waiting for me. 
right? And that's not cool. So I, I was motivated to get there on time. There were a couple times where I actually left a little bit later than I planned to, and I had to run a little bit faster to get there on time, right? There's that accountability um, in that process of, of disciplining yourself. And, and God intended for you to work with the Holy Spirit in your spiritual training as well, that he gave you the Holy Spirit because he knew that you were not capable on your own of achieving spiritual maturity. And you needed a helper, and you needed somebody to be with you. And you also needed the body of Christ to be with you in that process as well. That accountability comes through, that's how discipline is developed, um, by working with the Lord and by working with the body of Christ. Um, God puts the Holy Spirit in our heart to remind us when we're not quite right. Maybe it's something that you hear on a Sunday morning. Maybe it's a specific word in the message. Maybe it's somebody that says something to you. Maybe it's just a quiet voice in your mind. Maybe it's the circumstances in your life. Maybe it's people in your, your life that hold you accountable. Maybe it's hardships that you're going through that bring you to a place um, where that spiritual growth happens. Not all hardship is God's discipline, but adversity in life is resistance training, right? If a workout is easy, that probably means that it wasn't very productive. And the same thing with our spiritual life. We grow the most in the moments that are the most challenging and difficult. Those are the times that we learn to trust God. Those are the times that our faith is stretched, that we grow in our relationship with God the most. I believe this with all my heart, that, that God doesn't intend for you to have pain, that he doesn't cause the suffering in your life. We brought suffering into this world through the sin of mankind. And we live in a broken and fallen world as a result of sinful man. God never intended for it to be this way, but this is the reality that we live in. But what's incredible about God is that even though he doesn't necessarily cause your pain and suffering, he doesn't waste it either. He uses those instances in your life where you're going through hardship to remind you of the need for trust in him. And he teaches us and disciplines us because he loves us. Second thing about God's discipline is that God's discipline actually shows our legitimacy in God's family. Now, this is, this is kind of crazy to think about, but um, he actually quotes the book of Proverbs here in verses 5 and 6. He says, My son, don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one that he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. That's a, a quote from the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm going to say something, and I'm going to do my best to not sound like an old man yelling on his porch, okay? I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. But I see a disturbing trend in our culture today with young families right now, and that's a lack of discipline in the home. And it's not healthy. It's not good for children to, to lack discipline. Now, maybe... Uh, our culture right now is a, is a reaction to an unnecessarily harsh culture of discipline in previous generations. But I believe without question that children need discipline, and that has to start at a young age. Right? 
Now, we don't discipline a one-year-old the same way we discipline a five-year-old or a 15-year-old. But if you ne- neglect discipline as a child, you, you set them up for failure later on in life. When a toddler immediately gets everything that they want every time they throw a tantrum, what do they learn? That tantrums are the way to get what I want. And because they don't learn that reality as a toddler, that you don't always get what you want when you throw a fit, they become teenagers who throw a fit in a different way, right? But different type of tantrum, but this behavior operates the same way. We, we think that when we throw that temper tantrum, that that's how we ultimately get what we want. And then they enter adulthood, and they realize that nobody is affected by their temper tantrums anymore. And they can't be successful in their job. They can't be successful in relationships because they didn't learn discipline at a young age. Hebrews 12.8 says it way more bluntly than what I just said, okay? If, they, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Whoo! Like, that's, that's a harsh word right there, right? He's not messing around. He's not pulling any punches. He's basically saying, listen, if God's not disciplining you, then you're not in his family. Because he's a good father and he disciplines the ones that he loves. You know, one thing I've learned is that unfortunately you don't grow out of correction from a loving father. Um, The fact that God is still working on you is a reminder that he cares about you. Now you might grow in not needing as much correction as you did when you were first um, learning to follow Christ, and, and that's a good place to get to, but we're all susceptible to sin. We're all still susceptible to brokenness. And the reality of that situation is that we, we need a loving father who redirects us and corrects us. And that's a demonstration of that relationship that we have with him, that he still does that, that he still cares about us that much. Now, um, I don't believe that sickness is, is a punishment from God, that, that God operates that way. In fact, remember in the book of John, when, when Jesus was asked the question about this blind man, he said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus responded, neither. He was born blind so that the work of God would be made manifest in him. In other words, like his blindness was an opportunity for God to demonstrate his miraculous power. Um, so there are multiple reasons why things happen to us. But here's the thing. You might suffer some consequences when you're acting stupid that God will bring into your life to discipline you. I, I mean, that's, that's the reality of, of being a follower of Christ is if, if you want to be more like Christ, then you have to go through the process of learning to be like him. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've learned is that we want especially in our, our world today, we want the easiest possible way to get to where we want to go. So instead of like hard work in a particular area, we want the quick fix. We want the easy way out. Um, perfect example, um, look, at, look at the uh, industry right now for um, things like liposuction and uh, plastic surgery. It's like 
I don't necessarily want to work to get in shape, but I, I want to look a certain way, so I'm going to have some doctor come and, and suck fat out of me so that I can look a certain way, right? That's a, that's a shortcut. That's a way that we can get past the, the work of getting to where we want to be. Um, a couple of years ago, <laughs> one, one of the biggest things in, in the music industry right now is auto-tune, right? Are, are you familiar with this at all? It's, it's like a synthetic pitch adjuster so that if you're not singing the right note, it will correct the sound of your voice to make it sound more accurate on the note. And it used to be that you'd have to actually sing the right note, but now um, if you, know, you have the right look or the right style or the right type of music, they can take you in a studio and make you sound a certain way whether you can actually sing that note accurately or not. And, and what's funny is sometimes those things get exposed. I remember watching the NBA All-Star Game a couple of years ago, and uh, they had Fergie from the, the Black Eyed Peas singing the national anthem. And oh my goodness, I found out that she does not sing that well. <laughs> like, I, I mean, she was exposed in that moment, and you could watch as they pan to the players, and they're trying to hold a straight face, and they're like <laughs> chuckling in the background. It's like, this is terrible, right? You actually can't sing, but because your albums have been produced in a studio, and people have made it appear that way, that that expectation is there when the ability isn't yet. And we're always looking for these shortcuts. We're always looking for ways to get us to where, where we want to be without going through the hard work. But part of discipline is understanding that, that that hardship, that those difficulties are part of that experience of learning what it means to have faith in God. You might suffer consequences that God will use to discipline you. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that every event in your life is God trying to fix something in you. Um, but sometimes when you're outside the will of God, God will use circumstances in your life to redirect you, will cause you to have a moment of reflection that leads you to repentance. And, and here's the truth about repentance. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is Romans 2.4. It says, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Now, isn't that an incredible picture? Like understanding God's kindness and compassion and patience. Well, the purpose for that is to lead us to repentance, right? God doesn't show his kindness to you to leave you where you're at in your brokenness and your failures. His kindness is to bring you into a place where your heart is redirected and so your life starts to look more like Jesus Christ. That's the, the reason behind his kindness. It's to make you more like him. It's to draw you closer to him. It's to um, welcome you into his family in that loving way. God isn't trying to harm you, but he allows unpleasant circumstances in your life to lead you to repentance. And God is still kind, even if the consequences aren't fun. Even if the place where you're headed and the journey that you're on is a difficult one. 
I was um, listening to this song the other day. Uh, Corey Asbury wrote a song called Kind. And uh, it's a little bit country for me, so I'm not going to listen to it a lot. But um, <laughs> but if, if you want to cry, uh, just watch the music video because it's like there's a, there's a story behind it. And I, I watched it this morning. That was a huge mistake. I was absolute disaster. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to read the first couple paragraphs of this song because I, I think it captures the heart of God really well. It says, sometimes marriages don't work, sometimes babies die, sometimes rehab turns to relapse, and you're just asking why. And for all the prayers I've prayed, I still wonder if he's real, and if he is, how he's choosing who he does and doesn't heal. I've tried to run from Jesus, I've started holy wars, I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down of doors. I've cursed his name in anger with my fist raised to the sky. And in return, all he's ever been is kind. That's, that's pretty powerful. Understanding the nature of God is understanding that when we're going through difficult times, it is not because he's angry with you or he, he doesn't care for you or his favor isn't on your life. God is using the hardship in your life to bring you closer to him to remind you of his love and his mercy and to make you more like Jesus. Now, that's not the easiest thing in the world to understand sometimes, especially when you're going through some of that hardship. But it leads us to the, the final thing that I want us to understand about God's discipline. And that's that God's discipline is always for our good. I, I want to reread uh, verses 9 through 11 because I think that this puts into perspective for us. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, I think this is true for a lot of parents, and, and this is true for me as a parent. I discipline my kids the best that I can with the information that I have. But I certainly don't do it perfectly. There have been times where my actions have been controlled by my anger or my motives were wrong. There were times where maybe they didn't need the discipline that I offered in that moment. But I'm doing the best that I can with, with the information that I have. And hopefully they understand the motivation and the heart behind it. But God is different in that way. Not only are his motives pure, but his discipline is perfect too. And he leaves us in a place that brings us closer to him if we trust him enough to allow him to discipline us and to allow his discipline to drive us to repentance. God's discipline is not only compassionate, 
but it's effective. It changes who we are. Yeah, as we close today, I want us to think about this and understand this in that um, what, no matter what season you're going through in your life, God is with you in that process. Um, maybe you walked in and, and you're, you're just having a hard time this week. And you're going through a, a challenge and a moment in your life right now where it seems like just nothing is working out the way that you wanted it to work out. And, and maybe you're in a completely different place and everything seems great. Can I tell you that hardship is always right around the corner, right? Um, no matter where you are in life, there's going to be seasons that are going to test your faith, that are going to challenge what you believe. But I can promise you this, that God's character does not change with those seasons. That he's the same in the moments when everything is going wonderful and everything is going great. And he's the same in those moments where it seems like everything is falling apart. And I can tell you right now that the moments that you begin to appreciate God's love the most are the times where he carries you through those challenging seasons. Where he's refining you and changing you and shaping you to be more like him. So what do we do with God's discipline? You have to make a choice. You have to decide before you're in it how you're going to respond to the correction of the Lord. And if your heart is towards him and your heart is right and you understand his love, while it certainly does not seem easy in the moment, the reward for that hardship is worth it. It's worth it. There's freedom in that. There's hope in that. You know, we can press on to maturity because we know that God is not leaving us on our own to pursue it. But he's walking with us on that path. And when you're going through hardship, when you're going through adversity, and, and you recognize the discipline of the Lord in your life, you can be grateful because it's a reminder that God has brought you into his family and that he cares about you enough to discipline you. There's a, a documentary that I, I just watched a couple of months ago on, on the fatherlessness epidemic in America. And we look at um, the correlation between fatherless homes and imprisonment, right? People who end up in, in jail ultimately as a result of that lack of a, a parental figure in their life and the, the correlation between those two things. Can I tell you something? Um, when you are a child of God, you are not an orphan. You are not on your own. Right? God's plan for your future is secure if you learn to trust in him. And just like that discipline from an earthly father 
actually not just like it, kind of like that discipline from an earthly father who's imperfect and who doesn't know how to do things the right way, but is, is doing his best to be a good dad and, and to be responsible in that way. In that same way, a loving father who is perfect and who knows exactly what we need and when we need it. If we trust him as we trust an earthly father, the future that we have in Christ is so much better. It's so much more hopeful. There's peace in that. In fact, that was the exact, that was the exact word that the author uses here. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Somebody say amen. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. If you want peace in your life, you have to learn to trust God in the difficult moments. You know, as as we close, I'm going to close in prayer today, but we'll have a, a team of volunteers up here that they're willing to uh, pray with you. And if you're going through something hard right now, ask for prayer. Don't miss this opportunity. Uh, God wants to help you through this, but sometimes it's we're so stubborn that we just think, I can figure it out, I can handle it on my own. No, you can't, <laughs> right? No, you can't. And, and so you need people to stand alongside you, but you also need the Holy Spirit. You need that reminder that he's with you, that he's there for you. And prayer can release that, that reality in your life. So take advantage of that as, as we close today. Lord, I thank you for your role as a loving father in our lives and for showing us who a father ought to be. And God, I pray that today as, um, as we've talked about and studied um, what it means to be disciplined by you, Lord, I pray that we would trust you enough that instead of um, fear and running the other direction, that when discipline comes in our life, when hardship comes in our life, it would draw us closer to you, that it would lead us to repentance, and that your kindness, Lord, would motivate us to live a life that looks more like Jesus every single day. So Lord, I, I pray if there are people here this morning that are running and rejecting the love that, that you've extended to them and are putting themselves in hardship and pain and suffering, Lord, I pray that this morning that you would speak to their heart and that you draw them back to you. You'd remind them of your great love and mercy. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for bringing us into your family. But I pray that as we leave today, we would remember that incredible gift and that incredible invitation in Jesus' name.